In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Here is the best thing I learned this summer. Wherever Jesus wants to bless you, Satan wants to curse you. This means wherever Jesus wants to build you up, Satan wants to tear you down. Wherever Jesus wants to hold you close and comfort you, Satan wants to torture you. Wherever Jesus wants to free you, Satan wants to bind you. Wherever Jesus wants to make it easy, Satan seeks to make it hard. And wherever Jesus wants to make wrongs right, to forgive debts, to heal and to bring peace, there, in that exact spot, Satan attacks. The very best way for Jesus to bless you is to forgive you. You certainly do not deserve forgiveness, and you certainly cannot earn it. You are very much like the debtor in the gospel for today, who owes the king a couple of billion dollars. But you are flat broke, and there is nothing you can do to pay it back. But then the king, and in the story that is Jesus, then the king makes it right all by himself. The king knows that you owe him big money. But he also knows if you try to pay it back all by yourself, it will kill you. So all by himself, he clears the books. He does not even listen to your grand plans about an installment package. Just be patient with me and I will pay it back. No, here in this text, the word forgiveness means that he opens up his hands and he lets all your bad debts fall away. Because he thinks that is the very best way to bless you and to make wrongs right. So the debtor, and his wife, and his kids, and his entire household, they all go free. And that should be the happy ending to this story. But wherever Jesus seeks to bless you, Satan seeks to curse you. So this is a place where Satan attacks, and this is how it works. Forgiveness costs us nothing. It is a gift from God, our Heavenly Father. And at first, that is always a tremendous relief for us. But then, as Satan begins to chatter in our ears, we are tempted to make the fatal, cheap grace mistake. Satan says... If it costs you nothing, then it is nothing. If you do nothing, nothing really happened. And so over time, like the man in this story, we cheapen God's grace. We forget how horrible and how hopeless it was to be $2 billion in debt. 
and we forget how extraordinarily kind the king has been to us, and so we lack gratitude. If you have ever had a kid or a parent or a boss or a friend who has forgotten you after you have absolutely poured yourself out and given everything you've got in money and care and time and even forgiveness, then you know exactly what I mean. In this story, getting forgiveness costs absolutely nothing. That is true. But giving forgiveness costs a ton. In fact, in today's terms, it costs about a hundred tons of gold. That's the price that the king let slip through his fingers. When the king did that, he was telling the man that the most important thing in life is not money. The most important thing in life is you. Jesus does not care what kind of tab you've run up with your sins today. He's willing to let all of that slip through his fingers. What he wants is you. He wants to forgive you and change you and lead you and bless you. Jesus wants you to see as he sees and do as he does and say as he says and live as he lives. At the end of the day, what Jesus wants most of all is that you all would be forgiving too. The point of the story is this. We are very good at taking forgiveness. But often we are not so good at taking forgiveness seriously. The place we often fall short is in restitution for our sins, for making our wrongs right as best we can after we have been forgiven. Here, immediately, some good Lutheran will say, we cannot earn our forgiveness. And that is right. And I've already said that. And that is the first half of this story. But now I'm talking about the second half, where the slave who has already been forgiven goes out and meets a friend on the street and he absolutely pounds that poor man for about $7,000 and throws him into prison until he can pay it back. Restitution means making things as right as you can make them. Restitution means living within the blessing. Restitution means mopping up the mess that we have made once we've been forgiven. If you're keeping score theologically, the first part of this story is about justification. But the second part is all about sanctification. If you give it a moment, you all know that it's true. It's very simple. If you rob a bank and then you have great remorse and you come to me as your pastor and I forgive you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, on your way to the police station to turn yourself in, you stop at the bank and you give the money back. 
That's restitution. That is living within the blessing. This is what the king expects, but clearly this slave never got the message. And when he finds out what the man has done, he damns that slave in the most bitter sense. He lets the slave have his old life back. He lets that slave have his way. What, says the king? I thought he liked being free. He wants justice. He doesn't want mercy. He hates blessing. Then put him into prison and let he and his family make license plates until they pay me back $2 billion. As C.S. Lewis once said, the door to hell is locked from the inside. We stay in a hell of our own making when we will not have the blessing that Jesus gives. One final thing. As I read this text, it occurs to me that it wouldn't hurt us to think of forgiveness as a kind of currency, as something, not nothing, as a storehouse of real value. Forgiveness is a real currency. It is not so different than a dollar bill. You can't manufacture it all by yourself, no more than you can make dollar bills in your basement. Those are worthless. But once they are given to you, they are yours to pass on, and by passing them on, you bless others, lavishly, thoroughly, and without condition. Think of forgiveness that way. When Jesus gives you forgiveness, he not only blesses you with enough to cover all your bad debts, but with enough to give all the people you know, friends and enemies. And if you don't spend it, it's not just that you're a miser. It is that you are no Christian because you do not say as Jesus says and do as Jesus does and live as Jesus lives. Today, Christ the King is here once again. He is here to love you and forgive you and mercy you, and most of all, he is here to bless you, to give you enough forgiveness for a lifetime, to give you enough for you and your family and your friends, and even for your enemies. That is the life of Christ. That is the life of mercy. And that is the life to which we aspire here at St. John. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.